Okay. Good morning, coffee drinkers. I'm here with Steve Yates. Good morning, coffee drinkers. <laughs> A fellow coffee drinker. Where the hell are we? We're at the uh, Hoxton Bar and Grill. Hoxton Bar and Grill. There we go. I'm at the JoJo show. It's super loud. You're going to notice that the cool, calm, and collected studio sound has gone out the window for the day. But I'm going to record some of the show. from the Heathrow Express but needs must and you got to get it in when you can get it in just decompressing after the nerve show that's what you heard a little bit of right then I'll give you guys a ton more of it on the way out of the podcast today it was an exceptional show just unbelievable I really hope I haven't listened to the whole thing yet just been listening to a little bit on the tube as I rode to Paddington just now to catch this train but um, I really really hope it caught the essence of the gig and and I hope the old uh, the zoom that I'm using right here kind of got the the enormity of the bass John was just it was just so killing tonight always love listening to him and it's just so great to go it's great to go see it's great to go see good music live. I was going to say any music live. Okay, not every, not all music is great and not all great musicians have great nights, but it's good to see great music in person. Of course, it was an audience comprised almost exclusively of drummers. Uh, shout out to Steve Yates, who you heard in the beginning of the podcast. Dedicated coffee drinker. Pedal addict such as I am and uh, an all around cool cat appreciate him coming out he said he heard about the show on about the Jojo show on this podcast so good to hear that the message is getting out and I think there were there were a few other coffee drinkers there as well I said hi to some people afterwards if you were there very cool to meet you and uh, there's a guy there from Pakistan and I wish I remembered his name and he had a friend in Pakistan that he then called outside the club and I got to speak to the guy on the phone all the way in Pakistan. That was that was pretty cool. I cannot remember the cat's name, unfortunately. 
I'm just not as young as I used to be. The memory isn't functioning as it once did. Yeah, sit back and enjoy your journey. That's what I'm trying to do. Wow. They really have the commercials going on the TV here, on the train, and they have them through the main speakers on the cabin. That's a drag. So, most US banks or brokers pay nothing or less than 0.25. Oh my god. We're just surrounded right now, right? We're just bombarded with this stuff. If we're not doing it to ourselves by beating ourselves over the head with Instagram or Facebook or whatever, CNN or BBC Mobile, we're just being assaulted by information from all sides. It's nice that people chose, as they do when they go out to, to shows, people chose tonight to to take the time and go and go and listen to live music. I know Jojo appreciated that, the band appreciated that. I always appreciate both doing that and being on the receiving end of that when people come out to my shows. That really, really shows some commitment, you know. Are we about to get a BBC World News Bulletin here? This is terrible. I don't want this shit on my journey. Wow. Yeah, I, you know what? Fuck this. Are you kidding me? I'm actually going to go and try and find somewhere in this train that that is not happening. I don't want to, as tragic as that California shooting was, I don't really want to hear about it right this second on my train journey. Nope. Okay. Maybe in here. Now I'm in the vestibule and it, well, it's, it's kind of a lose-lose situation. <laughs> Either I'm sitting right next to a television set or I'm in the vestibule and it's like <clears throat> crazy, crazy train noise. Okay, we're just going to deal. So yeah, just incredible interaction from the guys. A lot of improvising. It's, it's, it's amazing to see that band uh, evolve and develop and change and all the personnel changes that happened over the years and I remember going to see that band with like Tim Lefebvre and, and people like that uh, Yossi Fine <clears throat> and then being in the band myself and doing some recording and some touring and some shows in New York and stuff like that and then and then hearing John in the band like John's probably done it the longest I would imagine now he's probably done more gigs than anyone's done it and I toured in the band when it was Takuya Nakamura now it's Jacob why don't I know Jacob's name? I've known Jacob for so long. Jacob was... I think Jacob was assistant engineer on It Only Happens Once. So that's at least six years I've known him. I think maybe longer than that. Anyway, he's a great keyboard player. And then Aaron, of course. Uh, that was really cool. The front of house. The, 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 the manipulation situation going on out there. Really creative what Aaron is doing. That's what Roly Moserman used to do... Uh, he was he was the front of house guy when I was in the band, and Aaron is Aaron. It's, great, it's just great to be out front experiencing that and being kind of. I was kind of close to the soundboard and watching Aaron do his thing and listen to more importantly Aaron do his thing and a lot of delays and stuff and uh, all, all kinds of cool stuff. Some feedback stuff, some crunching, I guess, some compression, some distortion, some effects was super cool. Absolute integral part of the band and of the overall success of that gig 
and then interesting talking to John afterwards you know like no amp uh, he plays through like the drum fill in terms of monitoring everyone has in-ears and John has both ears in not one in one out which by the way is really dangerous don't do that I found I, I was doing that for years and then found out there's like something to, I don't know technically or scientifically what it is but it's something to do with like the balance the equilibrium in your ears and you have one out and one side overcompensates something like that I should probably have researched that before I said don't do it but don't do it because <laughs> it really um, it really wow unbelievable you hear this stuff about Thailand right now I don't want to hear this Thailand wildlife in the back of my podcast I mean, I also could have waited till I got to the hotel to record the podcast, but you know, like I said, you got to do it when you when you can do it. And the train is completely empty, and I think they're turning up the volume. This is getting ridiculous. I'm going to move again. There's literally not a single person on this train. It's crazy. Maybe I can get to the middle of the train. And it's quieter. I don't know. I think the BBC just mix and master their stuff a lot hotter than whatever else was on before, so it's just louder. And there are some cute animals on the TV right now, but just really not optimal for the podcast. Anyway, yeah, interesting talking to John about no bass amp on stage and how they operate on ears. And, and Chelsea's doing the same thing with Morgan James. And Doug Womble on the road right round. No monitors, no amps on stage. Just the in-ears. And Chelsea said, so far, so good. It's not like she's suffering, I don't think, which is good. I think that's the first time maybe she's done that. I'm not sure. I know I've done it a couple of times before and absolutely hated it. So maybe I was just a whiny old bastard back then. I'm probably even worse now, but... Yeah, it's something about the bass and about moving air that I can't get away from. Like, I really need to feel that. that just the presence of it. Um, that's, that's really important for me. And not, you know, not being too close uh, to the amp as well. Not always possible when you play small venues. And yeah, it's the, like the constant battle, right? Monitoring and amp sound and just sound in general. It's really... I think it's just experience. It's about playing so many different size venues with different kinds of music, different kind of instruments, different kind of amps, and just compiling all that knowledge. And hopefully, uh, hopefully that paying off in the long run and you knowing how to dial it in eventually when you're on the road and it not be an issue. Um, there was a question. I forget who it's from off the top of my head, but I just remember there was a question on the YouTube channel under one of these podcasts talking about the nutrition thing on the road and how much of a drag it can be uh i think this cat was saying you know uh, you know it's quite it's, it's, it's a nice social event uh for the person who was posting this like to go out with friends or go out with his girlfriend or his wife or whatever it was he was saying and it's, that's, a, that's a kind of a nice social event when you do it when you're at home and you go out and you have dinner and but having to do that every single night on the road can be a little tiresome um, that was kind of the gist of it. And how do I deal with that? Um, he, he, I think he also said that at some point they were spending it, uh, up to one week in a city at a time. And they had kind of apartments with a kitchen and were able to go, you know, get on their regular food schedule by doing grocery shopping and then cooking in the, in the kitchen. Yeah, so there are so many ways to do it, right? Um, 
you know, I, I talked a, a couple of episodes yesterday or the day before about my morning hydration routine. That stays the same no matter what. So I have some consistency there. The AI reload, the drip drop for the electrolytes, the supplements, that that happens every morning. Um, I always, no matter where I am, you can always normally find large bottles of water to take back to the hotel room so you're not spending you know hundreds of dollars a week on on water from the minibar which is just extortionate it's just so overpriced so i'm always taking large bottles of water back um i generally have uh, a water bottle uh with me a shaker bottle um, or a water bottle you know there are so many things you can do with protein powders i used to do that a lot um and make protein shakes on the road so i could stay consistent and know exactly uh the, the levels the quantities of of protein and fat and and carbs that were going into my body at certain times. Um, then for me, I get to know like quite a lot of, I would say the majority of places on a yearly basis, the majority of places I travel to on a regular basis, like here I am in London, tomorrow I go to Stockholm. We appear to be in a tunnel, so that's why it got a lot louder. I'll try and get closer on the mic here. Um, at least you can't hear the TV. So yeah, you know, I'm going to Stockholm tomorrow, then then Copenhagen. These are cities I know quite well. So the more familiar, the more regularly you do these things, and the the more often you end up in these cities, the more of a grasp you have. I love to use like a Google Maps, and just every time I find somewhere that I really like to eat, um, that might be a supermarket where I can pick up a few fresh things and put them together myself. Even if I don't have a kitchen, maybe that's somewhere that does some nice fresh salads or. Uh, sandwiches you know you can go get a sandwich to order I always like to star those in Google Maps so now every city I go to I can open up the map of like Paris and there are like 25 30 places favorited in terms of what I like on the road uh, some of them are kind of color co- color coordinated depending on what I want breakfast lunch dinner kind of bougie fancy dinner or quick healthy lunch you know I, I, I try and keep those those things dialed in just keep an archive of that stuff damn this tunnel's really loud in hindsight the train podcast was perhaps not the brightest idea but whatever this is it wasn't bill burr just screaming into his phone when he was first podcasting the screaming obscenities into his phone sitting on the, sitting at the kitchen table for an hour so I might not have the jokes, but we're going to go with similar technology right now, <laughs> even though I'm not using my phone. But yeah, the, the road thing, the, the, the touring thing, it's, um, you know, I met up with the guys for dinner before the show tonight, and it was a very nice kind of uh, Neapolitan pizza place, it was, you know, a very good menu, the food tasted great, it wasn't exceptionally expensive, and you, you just, I think you just kind of have to um, deal with the fact that you're going to eat most meals out on the road. I don't think there's any way around it. It's just how efficiently and how healthy you choose to do that and how much work you're willing to put in to be as comfortable as possible and to eat uh, the best you possibly can. You know, that's that's always the question. You know, when you're tired, can you stay on your eating schedule during the day so that when you finish a gig, you know, it's now, uh, it is 11 23 p.m. Now, I didn't play tonight, but if I put myself in John's position, for instance, and I played the show, uh, had I played the show rather, and they've finished, uh, what, like 10.30? Something like that, 10.15, and then they got to go so much, sign CDs, meet the fans, pack up, you know, and that it could be midnight by then. So 
you know, can you dial in your situation to the point where you, 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 you're not starving after the gig? Because you do not want to eat late. That's the thing. So can you eat at 7 o'clock? When do we eat? We ate around 7. Can you eat at 7 and then not snack after the gig or go out and have a big meal after the gig? You know, um, that's, that's a big question. Like, how on point can you be with the, with the whole thing? And that's a challenge. Like, that's a really big challenge, actually. That's something that took me a really long time. Well, well actually, you know what? It didn't take me such a long time. It took me turning 30 and just becoming a fat bastard, basically. Because, you know, a Heineken and a kebab at 2 o'clock in the morning after a show. Holy cow. That will get very old very quick. Um, okay. So. All right. <laughs> just gets louder and louder and louder. I think I'm going to quit until I get back to the hotel in a few minutes. And then, or am I? Oh man, it's so bad. Now I'm walking down the tunnel. There's just an echo chamber of un. You just can't hear what they're saying. It's completely illegible, these announcements. Luckily, there aren't too many members of the public around. So if there are no more announcements, maybe I can keep going right here. But yeah, how well can you get it dialed? How well can you get your eating situation dialed so you really eat breakfast at a good time, lunch at a good time, you're exercising, you're digesting, your metabolism is, is, is moving in the right direction, you're not eating too heavy in the fat department, um, you're getting enough protein at the right times, a lot of liquid, plenty of hydration. I, I'm going like zero alcohol right now. And kind of in general, like Chelsea doesn't drink at all, like zero alcohol. So in the house now we don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't have a bottle of wine or anything like that. Very, very rarely. Sometimes I'll cook with wine. So I'll have a glass of it while I cook. But other than that, it's, okay, that's enough. I'm gonna go to the hotel and finish my thought about eating on the road and then play some music from the show for you guys to end this podcast, but it's just way too loud here. I'll be right back. Still not back in the hotel, but a nine minute wait for an Uber means nine minutes of podcasting. And it's pretty quiet up here and fairly chilly. So hopefully this isn't the longest nine minutes, but yeah, the, where'd I leave off the whole nutrition on the road thing? Yes, yeah, it's, it's about the commitment, you know, how much, how much are you willing to commit the time and the effort to, you know, work on being over the jet lag quickly so you're on a good uh, sleeping schedule? Um, like the sleeping and hydration thing is so much of a huge component when you put it together with, with the with the eating. And yeah, you know, there are certain things. It can be a communal thing, uh, eating out like when you're on tour with the band. So that could be a really nice social thing if you really get along well. Some with, with all the people you're working with. Sometimes I, after a while, I just need my space, so I'll quite happily go off and do my own thing. Um, then there are so many different levels of it. Sometimes there's catering at the venue. Sometimes you're literally looking at a cheese, meat, and vegetable platter with a lo- loaf of uh, white bread um, on some budget tours. Sometimes you're not even looking at that. Literally in the backstage of the... Um, Hoxton, what is it, Bar and Kitchen or something, wherever the wherever JoJo and the guys played tonight, there was like a half-empty bottle of water 
and a printer, a bubble jet printer from about 1997. Did they even have bubble jet back then? I don't know, but it was it was pretty loose in terms of what was backstage. So we went out, we did our own thing, and um, or they were doing their own thing, and I joined them in terms of their food schedule. And John is, you know, John Davis, for instance, is all about cooking. So he knows about good food. He knows what good food is. He knows what he likes, more importantly. Uh, and he knows he's been on the road for so many years. Like so many of us, he knows what works and what doesn't. And I think once you find that balance, once you, uh, once you figure out what it is your body needs, and when you, more importantly, when you listen to your body as you're on the move, and you know listen to your body sometimes it's getting sick sometimes it needs more of one thing than another um you know get get get, get in there and, and and give it give it the fuel it needs at the time it needs it i think my uber driver has been trying to call me and my phone has been on silent but i'm following along on the little gps and it says they are on the way mudasar is the driver's name He's driving a Mercedes-Benz. Very nice. It's very weird where I am right now. I'm literally in a parking lot at an airport. Not really anywhere near the terminal. And this is the Uber pickup location. Hmm. Sketchy. And the only thing I hear are like... People picking up luggage carts and stuff at the end of the day. <laughs> Pretty crazy. And allegedly, Mudasar is somewhere close. All right, I really am going to wrap it up from the outside location portion of the podcast. Put a button on it when I get back to the hotel, and then you guys can get into some of this music from tonight and and check out check out some improvised stuff and some groove things in the bass. And well, I really hope it translated in the recording. I really do, because that will be awesome. I'll try and I'll try and scroll through and, and pick out some pick out some tasty moments for you. So once again, I'll be right back. Okay, final segment. I promise. Just nice to be stationary and for it to be relatively quiet. Now I'm back at a hotel. Yeah. So we covered a little touring nutrition suggestions and um, just just try and do the work. You know figure out what you're committed to um, and uh, ask yourself what it, what it is you want want out of it what are the end results and uh, and go after it and even if it feels like it's a drag and it feels like it's too much work just just try doing it I always find that those are the moments where it's like oh yeah I know why I'm doing this like right afterwards or during the while you're doing it it's like oh yeah I'm eating this super lean like fish and salad or something as opposed to grabbing something super fast and super dumb and fried and fatty you know swilling it down with a beer you know I'm about to mix up a drip drop and finish off my supplements for the day and you know keep it healthy keep it keep it moving and uh, I'm I'm, I'm no doubt whoever that was that asked the question uh, I've no doubt you can do that too and anyone out there who was curious again leave some uh Leave some comments, leave some questions. It seems like uh, below the YouTube videos where I'm posting these podcasts are a good place to do that. Again, at Yannick Guzdala on Instagram, at Yannick Guzdala on Twitter if you want to follow on there, although I don't really use it that much. Um, But for now, I will leave you with some of this music uh, from tonight's show, a little 
taste, whet your appetite, go check out jojomeyer.com. Check out his band, Nerve. And if you're in the New York City, Brooklyn area and need some recording, this is a, a non-paid advertisement for the Bunker Studios, but anyone who knows my music knows that most of that has been recorded at John Davis's studio. John and Aaron, who's the front of house guy for Nerve, have the studio together in Brooklyn. It's amazing. I think they just opened their mastering room as well. They've just been expanding it. It's an incredible studio. So if you're around there, look them up, thebunkerstudios.com. And uh, I'll leave you with a little bit of nerve live here in Hoxton in London. What are we, the, uh, I should get the date right, just to really, what is it? It's the, it's the 8th today. Um, yeah, November 8th, 2018, Jojo Mayer and Nerve live in London. I will see all of you guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, coffee drinkers back here on Coffee Drinker Radio. Coffee Drinker FM. Wir spielen die Hits. Uh, very soon on the next episode. See you guys.